straight straight into this. Right, there we go. Yeah. Right, brilliant. Okay. Well, thanks uh, everyone and welcome to the Micro Skills podcast. Um, I'm joined by Matt Keynes, uh, a S and C coach from the Midlands and also a personal trainer, football fanatic. And our special guest this week is Paul Quinn, uh, the manager of Tadcast Albion in the Northern Prem in Step 4, uh, currently a UEFA A qualified coach. Uh, the topic this week is all about individual training um, and what players can do when they are by themselves and how to get that bit extra out of themselves. Uh, so without further ado, um, Paul, if you could just give us a brief outline of yourself and where you are today. Yeah, that's fine. Thanks, uh, thanks for having me first, Josh. And I've already said hello to Matt, but both of you, uh, hello again. Uh, so my name is Paul Quinn. I, as Josh has said, I'm currently manager at Tadcaster Albion, which are a step four club. Uh, previous clubs have been at a similar level, step four and step three and step five. Started a long, long time ago, running a, a really successful Sunday team in my local area and built from there. I've been sort of played semi-pro myself. Um, coaching's always been sort of my ambition and passion. Fortunate enough to work for the FA for the last three years as well, so I've got a position with, with them currently. Um, obviously, things are changing, so we'll see where that, the land lies with that over the next few months. But, yeah, great to join you and hopefully share some of my experiences. One slight correction I will make is I'm not quite a UEFA licensed coach yet, but I am currently on the uh, UEFA license, so I'm, I'm just going into block four at the moment of me and the license, so that might help things as well because it's, it's quite current. So, fingers crossed... Um, Sort of February, March time next year, I'll I'll be certified. But we're we're working uh, towards right, right, right. Well, in that case, Paul, me and Matt are rooting for you, mate. We're uh, we're there for you. No worries. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, yeah, that's totally fine. Um, so today's episode we're just going to be on individual training. Um, obviously, we know football as being a team sport. Always played with you know. 22 players obviously depending on what age group you are but you know the, the premise is it's a team game um, however obviously individual training has become a huge huge topic this year um, obviously with the pandemic um, bringing a lockdown uh, to the country in March time um, so a lot of players obviously had their seasons put to a complete stop and then individual training was brought in um, or some people just chose not to do it. Um, so the first question was to be to be brought up was just your thoughts, Paul, on individual training. Is it something that you're fond of? Is it something that you get your players to do, uh, lockdown or not? Yeah, I think I think at any level of the game, right from the top right down to, to grassroots level, junior football, whatever level you you have, I think individual training definitely definitely has a purpose and definitely has a part to play. I think it's come more to the fore over recent months because of the current situation for obvious reasons. I think we've seen a, an upspring in one-to-one coaching, two-to-one coaching, small group coaching for obvious reasons. But I think there has also been a leaning towards the benefits of it, which you know, from a technical point of view, obviously contact time with the ball and you know, being specific in terms of your position is really important. I don't think it can be looked at in its... Um, in its singular feature, I think it's a part of a, of a, a balanced training programme and balanced um, curriculum for a player. But you know, for me, yeah, it's definitely got its benefits, and particularly working at a semi-pro level where we haven't got 
a day-to-day contact with the players. We might see them, well, usually see them three times a week. Individual training is massively, massively important. The players go away and take that ownership and responsibility. And, you know, from some of the reading I've done around skill acquisition and that type of thing as well, we know that repetition is important. Um, I think of somebody like Don Bradman, one of the cricketers who, you know, notoriously used to just practice hitting the ball with one stump from a, from the, uh, you know, from the cricket wicket and, and, and hone that skill time after time. And you look at the things that have been branded out around 10,000 10, hours of practice. I think we, we, can, we can relate to that, but I think we've mm. got to be careful not to see it in its, in its singular feature because at the end of the day, this is a team game and those relationships and decision-making and all those factors are, are equally important. But yeah, I think the benefits of it are, are definitely um, there for everyone to see. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. No, no, no. I completely agree with you when you, know, you mentioned repetition, um, obviously getting the hours behind you. You know, I think it's been explained by so many footballers and different athletes over the past. If you put the hours in, you will reap the rewards. I think, you know, David Beckham used to talk about, you know, pinning it into a goal by himself. Uh, Dennis Burkamp has mentioned that he used to just hit a ball against the wall just to see how it would help bounce, you know, different times. Um, so, yeah, no, totally understand what you're saying there. Matt, any thoughts on repetition and individual training? I know you're a strength and conditioning coach, so you're probably quite quite fond of individual training yourself. Oh, it's huge. It's my favourite part of my job. Um, in terms of from, an, if it's individual on the player, so the best thing for me is how, when you know who's putting the work in at home, you know who's putting the work in when you're not on the training field, which is probably, well, it's, well it definitely is extremely important. And then as that relates to the training field, you can tell over the period of months who's been doing it for those months and staying consistent with their training and who's been slacking off. Uh, I know definitely at my club, you can tell who the stars are that are putting in at home as well compared to those who aren't. And the ones that are now playing for like England, they represent England, Northern Ireland and things like that. Um, and the ones that aren't are still with us, basically. <laughs> and that is like, the best of the minute. Um but yeah, for my part, for the fitness side of it, I absolutely love individual training. And my favourite part of the job is taking somebody out of, say, the coaching session, the football side of the session, to show them maybe how to move a little bit sharper or some tips and advice and maybe like a quick yeah. drill around some cones. Um, that is personally my favourite part of individuals rather than as a group. So yeah, I'm massively fond of individual yeah, training. Yeah. But I do know what Paul said about it being, not getting caught up on it being the only part and having a balanced training program. Uh, like you say, I suppose it is like a team sport uh, and having from a footballing coaching point of view, obviously that is the paramount, right? It's all about the team being able to move together, defend yeah. together, attack together, etc. Um, obviously for me, it's a little bit different in the fitness side of things. Um, but yeah, I love that about the balance, getting the balance right and just making it a part of a training program. I think, yeah. I think what, what you were saying, Matt, as well, about the, the interpretation of individual training as well, because at the moment we might be interpreting it that is away from a session or away from, you know, we've done quite a lot online. We've done quite a lot of virtual training. So, mm. so our strength and conditioning coach and physio have been doing a lot of prehab work with the players prior to coming back for pre-season, doing a lot of things on Zoom, and then obviously doing some individual training programs and plans as well. But one thing that I was just thinking about while you were speaking there, Matt, was that, one of the benefits, I think, from individual training, when you do it 
within a training session or you do it after or before a training session is actually the value that a player sees in that for your relationship with them. So I can think of many occasions where I might have just spent five, ten minutes with an individual player doing some defending or uh, doing some finishing or just doing some crossing or whatever or just encouraging that culture of them practising like the, like the examples you give of Dennis Bergkamp and Beckham. And I think the relationship can be built there as well. It might just give you that split 30 seconds where actually you pick up something that's going on at home or you pick up uh, an issue they're facing at the moment that you perhaps wouldn't have identified before. So I think that's important as well. I think, yeah, there's physical returns. You know, we, we talk about getting players to where they need to go and going that extra mile and building culture after training. But I also think the social side is massively important as well for those individual bits of contact you can have with the players um, during that point. And that just struck a chord when you were speaking there, Matt, in terms of some of the work we've done at, at Tadcast from previous clubs and previous settings as well. Invaluable, isn't it? Imagine how much that player feels like for you in them five minutes when you've noticed something in their game and you've took them five minutes after a session, that player automatically is going to think, oh my God, he cares straight yeah. away. And yeah. the value that can bring to you, well, your life, <laughs> I suppose, yeah. but also that team and that culture, as you say, is just insane. Yeah, I mean, it's the old adage of, the old quote of, you know, player doesn't really care what you know until they know that you care. It's that yeah. type of thing. And I think that's that's massive. And don't get me wrong, we, we don't always get that right. But I think that is important. And at the end of the day, takeaway football, takeaway player, at the core of it all the time as a human being, regardless of whether they're a Premier League footballer or a grassroots player, you know, different people need different things. Some need to yeah. pick up the backside. Some need an arm around the shoulder. Some might not respond to me. They respond to Steve, who's the assistant manager better, or they might uh, respond to Abbe, who's our physio. They might respond to them better. So yeah. it's quite a... I know we're going a little bit off topic there, but in terms of individual training, it is sometimes horses for courses, isn't it, in terms of what a player might need? Yeah, totally, totally. I think what it was this, this season, wasn't it, where um, uh, Tammy Abraham was having a, a hard time in front of goal. Um, and I think Frank Lampard was doing long individual training with him. And then I think it was, what was that first goal that Tammy scored and then he ran over to Frank, obviously, and gave him the biggest hug. And I think what both of you were talking about there just summarises that that relationship. You know, you're able to build that um, profound bond with a player that you never would usually get because obviously you get that alone time. You're showing that you care, as Paul mentioned. Um, so, yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Um, but just wanted to touch on that point that Matt made um, about the players that you can see do the work. Um, which is quite an interesting relationship where players are individually training, um, which obviously shows that they're getting the results. They're playing for England, like, like Matt mentioned. They're doing better. Uh, Paul, what sort of relationship would you say that's had with the players that you've worked with? Has having players that individually train a lot and being the better players within your team always been a, a positive relationship or a correlation in your eyes? Yeah, I think there's some there's some players that, that fall out of that category in terms of just having unbelievable raw talent and perhaps can get away with, with not doing a lot. But I think the vast majority of players need to go away and work on the game, um, whether that's, you know, with contact with the ball or non-contact going into the gym and, and doing, doing prehab stuff or, you know, whatever it is, building resilience, whatever that might be in terms of their individual plan. But yeah, I think definitely those players who look after the game, not just in terms of the physical side, but again, we're big advocates for players going away and reflecting on their performances as well, which I would class as individual training. Are they going away and looking at the game, 
thinking about the game. And also, we've, we've got an abundance of football at our fingertips now. So our players watching the top players and, and seeing what they're doing on a, on a week-to-week basis. Are they looking at, you know, if I play at left-back, are we looking at what Alonso's doing for Chelsea and seeing, seeing his positional play when, he's, when the ball's in the box? Where, you know, how many times you see him getting in the box and running beyond? I'm a massive fan of his. I, and I, the reason I bring that up is because I, I spoke to our left-back recently about that. And so individual training, again, I know from Matt's point of view, as a strength and conditioning coach, will be, you know, a lot of it physical and my strength and conditioning coach, mine, the club strength and conditioning coach at Tadcaster, Ole Parker, who does some great work. Again, he's big on the physical side, but he's also reflected the fact, and I'll keep going back to it, but the psych and the social stuff is massively, massively important as well. You know, are we developing yeah. that culture, that self-reflection, that self-review with the players? Yes, in terms of phys- physicality, but also in terms of the mentality of a top player that probably striving every single game to get better. And I've worked with some a lot of players who've been ex-pros and a lot of players who, who are currently pros that may be on, with us with, on loans. And those play, those top, top players are always striving to get better, no matter if they're 20 or the 36. There's that constant mentality of how can we improve? How can we be better as an individual? How can we be better as a team? And it's that side of it as well, I think, is, is hugely important. So again, individual training for me encompasses all those things. And that's perhaps where my point was earlier about it being multidimensional and not just you know, around physical and technical. Interesting. Yeah. Love that. Love that. So it's like, how are we determining individual training? Oh, sorry, defining individual training. So like you say, it's not just physical. So say the day after a game, nobody wants their players going out doing a 20k run, whatever. But they will, if they're sitting down re-watching their game from the day before, like you're saying, analysing their own performance, that's training, right? It's yeah. the study. And if your player's studying, that's individual training in its own, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm sure. <laughs> I know a lot of players that would prefer to be sat on their beds watching football and calling that individual training than out doing run. <laughs> yeah, and I think on that, I think it's about honesty. Yeah. Oh, oh, player, if a, if a if a player's struggling with their with their physical fitness and is getting to 70 minutes and blowing up, then they've got to be having an honest conversation with themselves around the balance of. <laughs> if it is a lot of analytical stuff. Then I'm going to be a bit caught. <laughs> You need to work on the physical here. So, yeah, no, I, I agree with you. It's a balance. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, um, just moving on from um, from that topic there. Um, next bit was, in terms of the individual training, obviously, sometimes it can be quite monotonous. You're there on your own. I think we've seen it uh, quite common in the professional game where, Injured players have had to obviously isolate themselves and almost be, be by themselves and do that one-to-one work. It's quite similar with individual training at times as well. Um, so my next question was uh, to Paul, how do you stay motivated um, during a course of, I don't know, like a period of two months, three months where you just be, be doing individual training? How, how would you stay motivated and, you know, almost keep that, mindset of just you know staying through it sticking with it and not you know slacking and almost giving up halfway through great question i think a couple of things come to mind first of all the purpose what, what's the purpose of the individual training so having small chunks you know you're, you're trying to get to there's been a lot of people doing the reason i'm laughing is because the jury's out on this one about a lot of people doing 5k 10ks and publishing the times which is great yeah. Um, the question I've had is that 
obviously it is great that they've got that base personally, but the transferability of that into maybe football fitness, sometimes I would question, um, is it specific enough? And Brilliant. that's fine that people are going out and doing that. And actually, one of the things that's been really positive about the 5K, 10K stuff that you see on social media is people are holding themselves accountable. So mm-hmm. interestingly, probably you see a lot of posts around people beating times because they've actually put it out there and thinking, shit, I've got to... <laughs> I've got, to, I've got to bust this now because my, my followers have seen it all. So there's a couple of things there. One, a little bit of accountability I think is important. And that that comes from some people that are driven, will be able to do that themselves without any support. Some people will need accountability partners where somebody's checking in on them or somebody's giving them a kick up the backside to come out and do a run or get into the back garden and join them on a Zoom call. So there might be a little bit of a team ethos around that as well. So accountability I think is important. And, and like I said at the start, the purpose, the going back to you know, sort of starting with a why, that type of stuff in terms of why am I getting out and doing this? Is it because by the time I come back to pre-season, I want to be at the front of the line when we're doing the yo-yo test, or I want to be smashing, you know, I want to be smashing it in terms of getting into the first team, or I want to, I want to retain my place in the club. What, what, what is the objective there? You know, is it just general fitness as well? I think one thing going off football a little bit that's been a real positive about the lockdown is I think a lot of people that perhaps weren't engaging regular with fitness have actually now started engaging regular and started to reassess the lifestyle. You know, probably Halfords has done a roaring trade on bikes and <laughs> I've even bought myself a punch bag for the garage. You know, some of them things that would have never happened in households that have happened during lockdown. So again, yeah, football, but I think there's bigger, bigger picture stuff in there in terms of what's happened recently with the, with the coronavirus and how that might have impacted people's lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Love that. Um, loads of bits of um, takeaway there. Um, obviously, but I love how you talked about the purpose, you know, seeing the bigger picture, um, which is obviously huge. You know, you, you obviously need to have that in mind at, at all times because, you know, everyone needs to have their whys in life and that's including in the individual training. I think that kind of marks out to almost all stretches of life, not only just individual training in football. Um, just personally, because I was um, also training as well during that time, what I found was really, really helpful on the days where I was quite demotivated and quite, well, quite stuck at times. What I found is if I was doing a circuit and I was doing some sort of ball mastery drill, etc., I would keep a stopwatch on me and I would say, look, as no matter how I'm feeling, no matter what I'm feeling inside, as soon as that clock hits one minute 30, I have to go for another 30 seconds and I have to do it. And just getting into that mindset of, look, as soon as it hits a certain time, bang, go. Don't, don't think about it, don't hesitate, just, just, just do it. Because I think that's the big thing as well. You know, you can, get, you can get so set in your ways because you're in your comfort zone at home, right? You know, in lockdown, second wave, you can so easily just, just sit around and, you know, just do your own thing. Whereas, you know, if you've got like a, a switch, a click, almost like an alarm clock, a stopwatch. Just said, "Look now, do it, go." Yeah, I find that was that was that was really helpful. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think real to me, the lockdown was. Um, oh, sorry, Paul, go on. No, go on. You're right. Uh, I was just going to say, adding to you guys, I found having a schedule. So if I could say tomorrow at nine a.m. I'm going to be doing this workout, knowing exactly what it is, it was hell of a lot easier to stick to that than just. Being like, well, I'm going to work out tomorrow. Don't know what time. 
But if you've got that scheduled in and organised and know exactly what you're doing and even for how long, uh, if you can plan that down as much as you can, then I think that helps so much. It's definitely something I like, recommend to people, basically. Yeah, routine's massively important. And I think yeah. that's something, again, that's been highlighted during lockdown. And I think one thing I, I, I did want, want to touch on as well, where you're both speaking, I think, the, the men, I know I've talked about the psychological side a lot, but I think in terms of mental health as well, particularly when you haven't got that contact time with people that we've had, and you might have got that distance, I think for people's mental health, I think that's come to the fore again in terms of how important exercises how important um, connection is for for people's mental health as well which again you know as blokes which all three of us are on this call sometimes that is a difficult thing to touch upon mental health and men's mental health I think we're doing a lot better job at that now across football but again you know in terms of the, the physiological side that helps with mental health I think that's hugely important as well but yeah like you said Matt I think routine routine is fundamental to it yeah yeah um, slightly off topic actually um, I don't know if it's been the same in your gyms but in my gym they put on a little slot time because obviously they, they want to avoid overcrowding at the moment um, they've said that you, you can only go in for an hour or maybe even less sometimes um, to work out and all of a sudden like now that you have that stricter time like you know workouts you know, would extend and I'd relax a little bit from, you know, hour to an hour and a half. But now that you have that strict time that you know you can only do that, you know, you end up working that much harder in that confined space of time because you already know you have it. So, yeah, if you could almost bring that to your individual training as well and say, look, I have to start at this time. I have to stop at this time. How much can I fit in? How long can you go for? You know, if you know exactly how long something's going to last for, you know, you, you just think, right, okay, I'm going to smash it during that time frame. Yeah. Uh, because, yeah. yeah because if you can set a workout up in time, you could set it up in targets, whatever that target. Let's say it's 100 push-ups. Say, like, my work today is going to be 100 push-ups. As soon as you know, as soon as you've done the 100, you're done for the day then. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so you can make that more forwards and have to do that but, um, but yeah like if you can set it up like that there's the, there's the end the end is in sight do that and it's done it's so much I think it's so, you get so much more from them sort of workouts rather than it just being like oh, I might do three sets or I might do four it's just having that organisation that schedule that routine like you say definitely. and then having your why to push you through it I think it's so much definitely better mm. Yeah, a decent podcast or a decent music helps as well, doesn't it? That's that's yeah. Right, right. I think we've uh, been digressing a little bit. Apologies, that's my fault. Um, so next question was um, obviously we've talked about the motivation within individual training and trying to keep in that, and I think obviously the why is hugely important, as Paul mentioned. But I think it's also important to try and measure some sort of success within that. You know, if you're able to measure yourself getting better, um, that's but that's you know, dribbling, passing, first touch. Um, how how would you be able to measure your success within individual training? Um, obviously, you know, the biggest way of measuring anything in football is by playing a match. You know. If things are able to come out on on game day, um, 
it is obviously the most deciding factor. But if you're at home, if you're training at home and you're trying to improve something, what would you say, Paul, is a good way to measure success if you're good at something? In terms of your home training? Correct, correct. So that could be anything, whether that's agility, you know, your jumping reach or whether, you know, you're taking yeah. courses. Yeah, I think, um, I think like Matt said, I think, it's very individual depending on what you're going after. So, you know, I know Matt used the, the raw term there of sort of like press ups and setting yourself a metric and, and trying to beat that target. I think that definitely helps with, with motivation. I think in terms of your transference of that into something more tangible, i.e. when you're on the football pitches, a lot of the time it's it's feel for a player, isn't it? You can obviously at the top flight and, and we, we've got certain metrics we can use and data we can look at and, and players will, you know, the higher they go up, obviously, we'll have an abundance of that in terms of distance run, um, you know, maximal speed, the intensity of the the runs they've made, the position of the runs, the touches on the ball, you know, all that influx of data now in the modern game is is phenomenal. And it's just um, interesting that on the air licence recently, we got asked about intensity. So this is a little bit away from home training, but we got about, asked about how we measure intensity in a session. So again, there was a lot of conversations around the data, the metrics. But one thing I've, I've already touched upon as a player, you can you can almost like feel the intensity. And as a coach as well, I think you can almost feel it. So our session yesterday morning, myself and the assistant manager came away and we we could we both turned to each other and we said that session, for whatever reason, felt really intense. Um, the players were on it. There was a real buzz around the place and sometimes it's just not measurable, that intensity. So mm. I know I've come away from home training a little bit there. I'm not dodging the question, but I think sometimes there is just a feel of it, of, of how you've worked. And sometimes when you're in the flow, in the zone, whatever you want to call it, you can feel that as well. But going back to Matt's point, I do think it is hugely important to have something to work towards. What have you done on Monday? How can you surpass that on the Wednesday? What is the long term? Is it six-week plan? Are you, you know, you're doing what's the micro-macro sort of cycle that you're working towards? I think that's really, really important to, to work towards that because... Certainly for me now, sometimes I, I go to the gym and I just thrash through things and, and maybe need to think a little bit more about what I'm doing because I'm probably doing it more to keep my mind fresh and get ready to prepare the team rather than actually go out on the field. So, yeah, I think um, having some metrics to work towards, even at home, like you said, Josh, in terms of you might time yourself or you might look at the distances you've run or you know, and you're looking to surpass those all the time. But I think one thing as well from from a non-footballing perspective, sometimes when you're not feeling up for it and you have those down days, which we all do, where you're lacking motivation, I think the mindset of something's better than nothing is important as well. You know, even if you get out and the session isn't quite 100% or as you anticipated, that's better than being sat on your backside doing nothing and, you know, putting off a session. So mm. yeah. having a mentality where you push yourself is great. Yeah, that's massively important. But we all have those days where we're not quite on it and uh, we might just have to reassess on that particular day yeah definitely definitely um we know that you know every day can't be 100 miles per hour you know we we, we we really wish we do but it's all about you know adapting improvising overcoming analyze your performances and uh being able to keep a lot of this stuff as well you know being able to track track this i know as as we just talked about it's very difficult to measure intensity but i think in a group session, yes, so, but you can almost, you know the intensity that you're working at, um, which is obviously measurable for individual training. So, you know, whether you can count the reps, 
whether you know you can count how well you went in that circuit or how many touches you managed to get with the ball within one minute. You know, I think that's hugely important. Um, yeah, Matt, was there any more thoughts on individual training? Nah, not much more to what you guys said. I like, uh, for me, I'd always recommend targets, metrics, track it uh, over a period of time, and then I'd track smaller things daily. Um, but yeah, a lot of that, you guys pretty much covered it, to be fair. <laughs> Killed me. Yeah, it depends what you're going after as well, doesn't it, in terms of your training programme, you know, what, what training zone you're going to work in, all those types of things as well. So yeah. the, the purpose of your training at home is, then I think that, you know, if you're going to, you're going to go out on your bike every day, then obviously that's different to you building, you know, muscular upper body strength. I suppose it depends on what you what you're chasing as well. Mm-hmm. Agreed, agreed. Right, right, lads. Um, I think that's pretty much it. If anyone else had anything else they wanted to mention, I was going to put a stop and record. Yeah, not. Yeah, thanks for coming up, Paul. Love pleasure. That. Pleasure.